PFLAG of Northwest Arkansas is a volunteer-run, nonprofit, community-driven organization focused on supporting and engaging LGBTQIA people, their families, friends, and allies. PFLAG of NWA provides opportunities for dialogue about sexual orientation and gender identity and acts to create a society that is healthy and affirming of human diversity. We offer the following monthly events, a general peer support group, a trans peer support group, community craft night, and a youth meetup along with special events throughout the year. For more information, please visit pleaflagnwa.com and find us at pflagnwa on social media. Hey everybody, we're back. This is episode 115 of the District 3 Podcast. My name's Irvin. Joining me today is a friend that I met a few years ago. Uh, who's actually running for Secretary of State of Arkansas, Josh Price. Josh, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, Irvin. Thanks for having me. And he's actually he's actually also the most well-dressed uh, person <laughs> that's running for office. Um, I know we talked about this a little uh, whenever we met, Josh. Do you remember where we met? Yeah, was it, um, I think it was when you were running for state rep in 2016. Um, yeah. Maybe, I, think maybe, I think you were... I think you were down in Little Rock for a fundraiser or something or a get together with the Democrats. And I think that's where we met. Yeah. And I think we had a really good conversation just because like um, seeing other people of color uh, right. in politics or just getting involved uh, for me was very like heartwarming to see at that time where I didn't see much diversity uh-huh. uh, at these kind of events. So you know, getting to meet you, getting to meet Aaron, and we just kind of kept in touch through through social media, you know, through seeing everything that we've all been doing, right? Right. Um, so, well, I think not just people of color, but also from the immigrant community. Yeah. You know, yeah. my mom being from the Philippines, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's one, I think it's one thing to be a person of color, but then it's an extra layer on top of it when you come from an immigrant background and you have to deal with, you know, um, language barriers and, you know, helping your parents understand how, how things work in America. So that's just another extra layer of understanding that I think you and I, we shared when we first met. Definitely. And I think one of the things that I also found interesting, just kind of looking in a little bit about you and your campaign website was that you're a seventh generation Arkansan. Yeah. Uh, that for me just, just sounds crazy in general. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like where, where does it start? Where does right. your family so- start here? So on my on my dad's side of the family, so my dad's side of the family has been in Arkansas since the 1820s. Uh, we actually have a a, a a marriage license from like 1821, uh, with a couple prices getting married in Arkansas, and that's before Arkansas was even a state. So it's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, on my dad's side of the family, they've been in Arkansas a very long time. Uh, but then my mom uh, came over um, in 1974. Um, as a nurse um, that was recruited from the Philippines to work in rural America. So it's, it gives me an interesting point of view because on one side, I am like a seventh generation Arkansan with deep Arkansas roots. But then on the other side, I have a, a parent who came over from a foreign country and um, in, is an immigrant and uh, you know is now a citizen. And uh, so I, I kind of understand, I guess, like both points of view. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's, really, that's really been helpful to me, especially uh, for running for Secretary of State when we're talking about something as core to the American experience as voting rights. And you, before running for this position, um, you were also the uh, commissioner for Pulaski County, election right. commissioner? Yeah, I was election commissioner for Pulaski County, the, the only Democrat on the commission. And how, what, what are some of the things that you might have learned there that you think are important uh, now running for this position of Secretary of State? 
Yeah, so um, it was definitely an, an eye-opening experience. And I will say that out of all the candidates uh, running for this position, I'm the only one who has served as an election commissioner. And the, the Secretary of State is not only the chief elections officer for, the, for Arkansas, but also serves as the chair of the State Board of Election Commissioners. So um, it, I think it's, it's definitely important to uh, have someone in that position who's actually served as an election commissioner and had the boots on the ground experience, because it's one thing to see these things on paper, but it's another thing to be there in person. And I know you do a lot of work with voter registration and getting people to the polls. And so you understand that firsthand that when you know, when you're going into the, the polling location, there's there's things that come up with the poll workers, like people have questions about where do I vote? How can I vote? Do I have to have a photo ID? And um, Pulaski County, we had uh, 120 polling locations mm-hmm. and uh, 1500 poll workers. So it's definitely a, a huge undertaking. And um, normally on, on early during early voting and on Election Day, I would be jumping from location to location checking in, especially the busier locations. And the poll workers would say, oh, Commissioner Price, we need, um, you know, we need an extra poll book here, or we need another machine, or we could use a couple extra poll workers, or we need more forms. So I would kind of just be running traps all day, you know, calling and having things moved around to make the experiences uh, as easy and streamlined for everyone as possible. And then also I would run into voters that were um, upset, uh, something, you know, came up that they they felt like their rights were, were being denied and I would uh, work through that with them. I remember a, a one couple that had uh, in the last election that had just moved here from Texas and they had their Texas ID, but they have to have an Arkansas ID, but they were explaining how the DMV was not open because of COVID. So they weren't able to get a Texas, I mean, a, switch their Texas ID to an Arkansas ID. Now, luckily they did have a passport and um, they were frustrated because they had to go back home and get their passport and come back. So I told them that, uh, you know, just come back, find me and we'll move you right to the front of the line. You don't have to wait in line another hour again, uh, which was their concern. Um, so we ended up taking care of that. But it, it's those types of things that when you're that boots on the ground, it really gives you an eye opening experience of what what is it like for the voter? It, it really shows you the voters experience from beginning to end. And I think that's that's something that's been lacking. Um, and the folks that have been in this position, and that's something I can definitely uh, bring to the table in this role. I was going to ask you that because, I mean, the, the, the position of Secretary of State, it's not like a super glamorous one, right? It's just, uh, it's one of those things that's kind of like on the down low, folks don't know much about it, uh, unless mm-hmm. you're like a small business owner where, you know, you have to fill out those forms to the right. Secretary of State, or if you're um, on that website, simply looking at your, at your, at your uh, voter information, um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that that uh, that we don't know much about that position? You know, just just people. I mean, obviously we do because we're involved in all this, right? We're involved in in elections and, and politics and all that. But uh, folks that aren't, you know, just the general public, why is this not something that they know much about? Right. Well, I think first off, the the name alone, Secretary of State, confuses people because it's very different than the Secretary of State on the national level. You know, Secretary of State on the national level is dealing with foreign policy and things like that, whereas on the state level, you're overseeing elections, um, you are uh, certifying elections, you're you're providing training materials to all the poll workers across all 75 counties, and then like you said, you're registering small businesses and nonprofits. So it's a very um, administrative role in a lot of ways, and it's also very technical. Um, I mean, as just with my role as election commissioner in Pulaski County, I had to go through many different trainings to be up to date on election law. I had to take tests, um, you know, and pass a test to be able to train poll workers. Uh, so, you know, election protocols, procedures, uh, election law, training of poll workers, it's all very technical information that's sometimes not as glamorous, um, you know, 
And then the second component you talked about is um, registering small businesses. And uh, my prior day job, I worked for the U.S. Small Business Administration. Um, I was the public information officer for the state of Arkansas. So it was my job to let folks know all across the state what kind of uh, funding was available for small businesses and nonprofits from uh, Paycheck Protection Program, Economic Injury Disaster Loan, uh, Restaurant Revitalization Fund, um, Shuttered Venues, Operators Grants, all, all those different types of funding that was available. So that's something else I can bring to the table as Secretary of State is helping our small businesses know what kind of money is out there to assist their business, especially right now when the pandemic is still going and it's still kind of ebbing and flowing. Now we've got the new variant and uh, businesses in Arkansas are hurting and uh, small businesses deserve to know what kind of funding is available for them. And this race in general, whenever you announced, it wasn't that, um, it wasn't a race that had a lot of candidates, right? But like now that has changed. There's a lot of, yes. do they have, do they have more, do you have more candidates in this race than, than the uh, attorney general's office? Yeah. I know that one's pretty flooded too. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there's five now. I, I don't know how many are in the attorney general race. It might be five or six, but yeah, it's interesting because um, some folks I talked to in the past, they said that. Secretary of State was one of those positions that nobody wanted to run for. It was like almost a placeholder, you know, like, let me, you know, let me jump from one position. Maybe if someone already had a constitutional position, they would run for Secretary of State and it would be a placeholder until they ran for governor, or lieutenant governor or something else. But I think right now, um, with elections being such a hot topic nationally and voting rights being so such a, a, an important uh, focus area, it is really created a lot of attention to the position of Secretary of State, uh, just like election commissioner in the past was kind of like, you know, nobody ever thought about that position too much. And then we saw in this last election, um, you know, with uh, Trump saying what he was saying about the elections and all the doubt that was being cast about the um, integrity of elections um, and security, that suddenly that position became, you know, in the spotlight. Uh, also school board here recently, you know, was very much in the spotlight. And that's normally a position that historically kind of floats under the radar. Um, but it's an important position because suddenly people realize that school board is a position where you could decide uh, on mask mandates and, and uh, curriculums, um, critical race theory, those types of things that have been also hot topics. So I think positions, all positions in government are important. I think they just kind of come to the forefront at different times. And it's just been one of those times here lately uh, with the national conversations on voting rights where Secretary of State has become one of those positions that's in the spotlight. And where do you personally stand on automatic voter registration? Um, and do you see that being a possibility, you know, if, if, if elected? I would love automatic voter registration. Um, that's going to have to go through the legislature, but it's something I can definitely advocate for. I mean, you know, um, at 18, you're supposed to register, um, you know, to, to if, if, for the draft, if you have to go overseas, if there's, if there's a war. So, I mean, you know, at, by that same token, if, um, if, if you're, you're, making it mandatory for folks to register for that, you should also make it mandatory for them to register to vote. Um, I would love to see online voter registration in Arkansas. Um, I would love to say, see same day voter registration in Arkansas. A lot of states have that. And the thing is, is that uh, those systems are already in place. The information is already there. Um, you know, they have everybody's information um, in the county clerk's office with the DMV. It's just a, a matter of plugging all those systems together and uh, for that information to be able to be shared with, with, with the various agencies. I mean, you can go up to a bank and open a bank account in one day. So wh why would you not be able to register to vote in one day and then also vote that same day? Your information's all in the system. They should be able to verify you right then and there. So that's, those are definitely things I would like to uh, advocate for as Secretary of State, the automatic voter registration, online voter registration, and same day voter registration. 
and I think it was former Representative Charles Blake, I believe, who tried passing uh, legislation a few years ago uh, for automatic voter registration and it didn't go through. Uh-huh. Um, I did hear that there was several people that were interested on both sides to make it happen uh, right. a year, like two years ago, uh, but it never went through. So that was very disappointing to see just because, like you said, I believe there's there's already, uh, I think California, California yeah. has, like they're able, they're also able to register like on the day of election, uh-huh. I believe. Uh, right now, I mean, we have that 30 day uh, deadline before uh, election day, which I mean, I've, I've met a lot of folks that come up to me the day after the deadline, right. know, 28 days away from the election and they can't register anymore to vote, which is very unfortunate. And uh, does, does that, would that would also have to go through the state legislature to, to change the, the date format in regards to how, how uh, late you can register to vote? Yeah, it, it would. Um, but like you were saying, um, you know, people, unfortunately, especially in society now, tend to be a little bit last minute, you know, where everyone's busy. There's a lot going on. And, you know, to say, oh, you should have registered 30 days ago. That, that, that's tougher for folks these days. And uh, like I said, the system's already in place. The information is there. It's just about tying the existing information systems into the uh, county clerk's office and the secretary of state's office. And it, it really shouldn't be a problem to get people registered to vote the day of. Um, so there are some things that we could probably do at the secretary of state's office through policy. And then there could be some advocacy with the state legislature to make these things a reality. Um, I think it was state representative Justin Boyd, who's a Republican, and he actually sponsored a bill for online voter registration in this last uh, session. And it, even though it had bipartisan support, it also failed. So, you know, it's, it's, it is disappointing because I'm, I'm of the mind that we should be making it uh, easier for people to register to vote, not harder. And we should be making voting more accessible and not creating more hoops. You know, at the end of the day, whether we're Democrats or Republicans, um, voting is an American right. It's a sacred American constitutional right. It's not a Democrat or Republican issue. Um, and even in the past, we, you know, parties come and go and they rise and fall. And we had the Whig Party in the past and the Federalist Party and the Tories, but we still had the right to vote. Voting is just a core American right, and that needs to be protected at all costs. It's about protecting the process and the system and making it accessible for everyone. So I would love to see um, more accessible voter registration, uh, making it easy for people to register, um, more information on where to vote, how to vote, why is it important. Uh, we talked about school board elections. You know, those normally, again, fly under the radar and have low voter turnout, but those are very important positions. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of um, an, an educational component that I would like to bring to this position, uh, doing PSAs. I mean, I, everyone's going to get sick of me. Uh, you'll, I'll be on the news as much as I can because Secretary of State, that's a position where you could, you could call the local um, news station and say, hey, we have an election in 60 days. I'd love to get on the morning shows and, and talk about why this election is important and remind people that they need to get registered to vote ASAP if they're not or, or get their voter registration updated if they've moved or if they've gotten married or divorced so their name has changed or even if they've uh, their signature has changed that's an issue now with the signature match and um, people don't know that if your signature doesn't match it can be tossed out mm. your ballot can be tossed out and but uh, you know you can go to the clerk's office and update your signature if it's been a while or if you've um, have arthritis or a medical condition um, I had one gentleman who was in a car wreck and lost his right hand um, so his signature was compared to 
his signature with his left hand, which obviously is not the same. So his vote was thrown out. I just think that's that's so wrong. Um, that is not what the spirit of the law is about. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we have to work with the laws that we have. But but the secretary of state's office can be a champion for for informing people what they need to do so that they could work within those laws and also be an advocate uh, for passing better laws that it makes it easier for people to get registered to vote and to uh, cast their ballot, whether that's in person or, or via mail. And for those that don't know your race, anybody in the state that can vote can vote for you. Right. It is, state, it is a statewide race. So everyone in the state can vote. We don't have to worry about redistricting. <laughs> it's statewide. And also, I was looking at your website and saw that um, one of the things you want to do is, of course, add more polling locations. I think that's yes. something that's super important to your campaign. For those that might not be aware uh, of why that's a good thing, of why we should do that, can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, Pulaski County, we had 120 polling locations and um, we actually didn't have enough money in Pulaski County to switch to a full vote center system where people could vote at any location. So just kind of out of necessity, we did a hybrid system, which I, I actually really liked. I thought it was a great model that worked very well. And I would like to see this model all throughout the state. So basically in this hybrid system, we had 12 early voting locations in the county. Uh, we previously had eight and we increased it to 12. And these were strategically placed all across Pulaski County. Now that those were the early voting locations, but then they also stayed on open on election day as a vote center where anyone in the county could vote at any of those 12 locations. So I live in Maumelle, but if I'm downtown in Little Rock working, I could vote at one of the locations downtown. Now, besides those 12 locations, we also had 108 local precinct locations. So if that's your normal location at your church or your, your community center where you vote, that stayed open as well. So total of 120 locations on election day, and you could either vote at uh, your local precinct or at one of the 12 vote centers. So you had 13 options on uh, election day in Pulaski County, either your, your, your traditional polling location or any of those 12. Um, as I've traveled all across the state um, during this campaign, I've been to 41 counties so far, and a major issue, especially in rural counties, is the closing of polling locations. Uh, they are consolidating them into vote centers because it's cheaper and it's quote unquote easier, but it's really not easier because you have some folks that are driving 30 miles just to go vote now that their, their polling location that's been open for 30, 40 years at their local church that they're used to is being consolidated. Um, I was in Yale County a few weeks ago. They had 25 polling locations and they went down to 11. And where I'm from down in Pike County um, in Delight, uh, they were only down to four polling locations for the whole county. So you have some people that, again, have to drive 30 miles on probably not the best roads just to be able to vote. And if you're, you know, if you work, if you're a senior, if you, you need childcare, if you have a, a medical condition or a disability, that makes it very difficult for you to, to drive that far and take off work and everything and find childcare to go vote. And again, we don't, we shouldn't be making it harder for our Kansans to vote. We should, you know, we should have, um, I always say, if you've got a, a, a local church, a community center, a gas station, a, a grocery store, a post office, a fire department, you should have a local polling location. So that's something I definitely want to do in this position is to make sure that we keep those uh, those traditional polling locations open and not just consolidate them for the sake of ease and to save money when it's cutting out a big population that now is not able to vote, especially if they don't have reliable transportation. And also on your website, I saw that you mentioned uh, replacing a 20 year old uh, voting equipment. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, in, in Pulaski County, we did not have the new voting equipment that other counties have. Uh, we were still using machines that were 18 to 20 years old. 
um, that were using their battery packs were literally like 4D batteries, like taped together. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we worked with the uh, the Secretary of State's office, um, and um, we were able to replace some of those machines. And that's how we ended up going to that that hybrid system um, that I just mentioned with early voting locations that stayed open election day. And we also worked with the clerk's office to get the new digital poll books. Um, so, you know, that's another thing is just standardizing procedures all across the state. Um, you know, I had a, uh, I'm listening to people's ideas everywhere I go. I was in Baxter County um, up in Mountain Home and the lady had the idea. She said, because she had worked as a poll worker. And she said, well, when I'm, when I'm signing people in through the digital poll book, she said, why is the digital poll book not tied into the DMV? And then their picture will just pop up on the poll book. Mm -hmm. And that would eliminate the need for someone to bring a physical photo ID because their photo would pop up and you'd, you'd be able to see that that is who, who they, they say they are right then and there. So, you know, that's that's an idea. Again, we, we have all these systems in place. They just need to be tied together and communicating with each other to, again, make voting easier for people, less restrictive. Yeah, that's very, that's very, a very innovative idea. I never really thought about that. Um, I can't claim credit. It was, <laughs> it was a, a lady in Baxter County. Super important. I, I do think that, you know, just in generally speaking, for those that don't know, this position is holds a lot of power and you're able to create a lot of positive change mm. if, if you're able to like advocate uh, as much as you should, you know, in this position. Um, was there was there a specific reason why you chose this position over anything else? Is it is it just basically everything you just said that you that you feel is important and someone needs to step in and and uh, represent correctly? Yeah, well, um, you know, with me serving as an election commissioner, that's a direct experience. Um, you know, and, and it basically, unless you're an election commissioner or county clerk, those are really the only two positions that deal primarily with with elections. And then um, Pulaski County being our largest county, uh, 400,000 people, it's kind of like the next step is you're running elections on the county level, you you now run them statewide. Um, and then also my experience with the Small Business Administration, what I mentioned earlier, um, you know, to help small businesses know what kind of funding is out there. Um, unfortunately, um, the current Secretary of State did not really share any information with our small business owners about what kind of federal and state funding was available. Um, again, I've gone all through the state and I ask people how many small business owners are in the room and they raise their hands. Then I say, well, did you remember, do you remember receiving an email or a letter from the Secretary of State on how to get a PPP or an economic injury disaster loan? Nobody did, but they did get that pink slip. With, you know, that's uh, charging their fees and their taxes, yeah. but not giving them any assistance. And um, I will tell you in my capacity with SBA, I, I reached out to the Secretary of State's office last year and um, wanted to uh, ask them for an annual report um, so that we could uh, work on our funding and um, our funding request uh, from Congress. And uh, the Secretary of State does not publish an annual report here in Arkansas, and um, they're not tracking demographic information. You know, how many small businesses are women owned? How many are minority owned? Uh, Black, Hispanic, Latinx, Asian American, um, folks with disabilities, rural, seniors, uh, veterans. There's, there's pots of money for all those different small business owners through the SBA and through other federal agencies. But if we're not tracking that data, how do we know how to best serve our communities? How do we know who's falling through the gaps? So that's another thing as Secretary of State, you know, when you register your small business or your nonprofit, why not have a demographic survey? You know, check all that apply and we will direct you towards federal and state funding that that may be appropriate for your small business. I mean, this is not, this shouldn't be too difficult. You know what I mean? Like the money's out there. It's just about connecting people with the resources that are already available. Um, so that's, I think um, to answer your question, my, my, my experience 
really does uh, work well for the position of Secretary of State. I mean, between being an election commissioner, our biggest county, and then working for the SBA statewide, um, it's kind of like the perfect position for me to run for. And 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 honestly, it was not something I was thinking about um, after the election um, last last fall. And then we had the insurrection at the Capitol in D.C. I was just thinking about elections and and what was going on in our country. And then. Um, testified against uh, quite a few voter suppression bills at the Capitol in this last session. And in the midst of all that, I had several folks reach out to me and said, have you ever heard, thought of running for Secretary of State? Because you're kind of already doing all the work um, associated with that position. So uh, um, it was great. I was very, I felt very humbled that people reached out to me. But the more I thought about it, and um, we've got a personal story if we have time. Uh, you know, my mom is from the Philippines and she left in 1974 um, during, uh, or I'm sorry, 1975, um, when uh, President Marcos had declared martial law, and um, he stayed president for 21 years. He liked being president, and he didn't want to leave, and he had his opponent um, assassinated, and um, he ran unopposed, and they had elections, but, but his name was the only one on the ballot, so it wasn't a real election, and uh, my mom said that uh, the people started uprising against him, and um, he declared martial law. He got rid of the media because they were speaking against him. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, got rid of the media, and uh, she said she didn't see a newspaper for three years. Uh, there were only two TV stations that were government controlled. She was um, living in Manila. She just graduated nursing school, and uh, there was a nine o'clock curfew uh, with tanks and soldiers with guns going up and down the streets, um, enforcing that nine o'clock curfew. And you could be shot on sight um, past nine because you must be up to no good. So when she saw that flyer at the hospital that said, We're looking for nurses in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, she took that chance because she thought that uh, you know her future children will not have freedom to vote, freedom of speech uh, in the Philippines, but they would have those things in America. So listening to her story of what she went through and then seeing the insurrection at the Capitol, seeing the voter suppression bills, seeing the attempts to make it harder for people to vote and throw out ballots. It just reminded me of, of everything she talked about in the Philippines. And um, I'll tell you, my mom is, um, she is 70 now and she unfortunately has early dementia and um, she has her good days and bad days, but she, she turned to me during this last legislative session, she'd seen me on TV testifying against, um, I was testifying against uh, the bill that would have taken away early voting on the Monday before the election, mm -hmm. which we finally got SB 485, which we finally got killed. But there were other bills like you can't bring snacks and water to people waiting in line and, and uh, things like that. And she said, she turned to me and she, she had that moment of lucidity. And she said, Josh, I saw the same thing happen in the Philippines mm -hmm. in the seventies. And I never thought I'd see it happen here. And to be honest with you, um, that really that really hit me like a punch to my chest. It was it was so powerful. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm going to fight to make sure that doesn't happen here, not just for you, but for all the people of Arkansas. So, you know, with my my knowledge of, of elections and and um, and at the SBA, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep that promise. Um, and that's that's why I decided finally to go ahead and throw in my throw my hat in the ring to run for secretary of state, because Arkansas deserves better than that. We don't need to go down that road. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that story. I think it's very powerful. And I think um, it looks like for me, just, just listening to what you're saying, it, it kind of seems like the stars align uh, for you to be in this position, you know, to be, uh, to hopefully be elected. You have the experience, you have the energy and you have the ideas, or at least you got people in your life that have given you or like talked to you about those ideas, you know, and you're able to kind of uh -huh. advocate for them. Um, for the folks that are listening that haven't voted yet, you know, that are that, well, I guess your election isn't up until until next year anyways, but right next uh, year, we have, we have some some primaries here in Northwest Arkansas, but 
um, when election day comes next next year, um, why should people choose you as their as their candidate for secretary of state? That's a great question. Well, I think, um, like you said, I, I have the passion for this. I have the experience. I have a very um, unique qualifications for it. Um, like you said, the stars kind of aligned for, for me to run for this position. But it, beyond all that, I really care for the people of Arkansas. And I, I really care deeply about protecting our sacred American right to vote. You know, at the end of the day, if we don't have the right to vote, we don't have anything else. We don't. And, and no matter what color your skin, your race, your ethnicity, where you came from, at some point, all of our ancestors were fighting and bleeding and dying for our right to vote. If you, could, uh, if you come from European descent, you know, Europeans came to America because they didn't want to live under a monarchy. They didn't want to live under a dictatorship. They wanted to be able to elect their own leaders that would represent them in their communities. Um, if you're if you come from an immigrant background like you or I did, very similar story. You know, our, our, our parents came here seeking a better life, seeking freedoms. Um, if you're African-American, um, you know, they, they fought hard during the civil civil rights to make sure that they had the right to vote and would be be able to be uh, treated equally and, and vote the same as anybody else. And their vote be counted. So no matter who you are, where you come from, we're all in this together and we're all fighting for that right to vote and make our voice heard so we could elect people that are going to represent us in our communities and the things we care about. And as Secretary of State, that's what I want to do. I want to facilitate that. I want to make sure that every Arkansan who wants to vote can vote. I want to make sure that every community is represented, communities of color, minority communities, historically underserved communities, they deserve a seat at the table too. Um, I you know, redistricting is happening right now. And one thing I said the other day, which people thought was kind of controversial, uh, and I didn't think it was at all, but I said that, you know, I think that our um, board of apportionment, that is the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state, they're, they're handling redistricting right now. I, I think that board should be replaced with, with an independent nonpartisan, nonpartisan redistricting commission. And people said, well, wait a minute, but if you were secretary of state, you would lose your seat on the board of apportionment. So you would give up power. And I said, Absolutely, because three people that could potentially be from the same party shouldn't have the power to create all the district maps for the whole state. It should be an independent, nonpartisan redistricting commission that's going to ensure that we have fair maps where all communities are properly represented. And, and if that means I give up my seat uh, on that on that board, then then I will, because that's what's best for the people of Arkansas. And at the end of the day, that's what we should be fighting for. Um, as government officials and politicians is is for the rights of the people of the state that we serve. Well, thank you, Josh, for uh, making time for this episode on our podcast. Um, and we look forward to seeing you know what what happens next next year um, whenever your election comes about. I think the primary is is when it's May twenty fourth, and the general election would be is it November no, November eighth? Yes, November eighth. Um, so make sure you go out to vote and vote for Josh. I know I will be. I'll be voting for Josh. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I've seen him do, you know, the work. I've seen, you know, how how good of a person he is, and he generally cares about people. And I think that's kind of the the person that we should be electing for these kind of positions. So once again, thank you for your time, Josh. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And uh, to your listeners out there, if they want to learn more, they can go to joshforarkansas.com. And um, I've got my uh, my platform there. I've got some biographic information. I've got a list of some endorsements. Um, State Senator Joyce Elliott recently endorsed me, so I feel very blessed about that, um, and some other folks as well. And um, also, if you um, need to reach out to me, just shoot me an email at josh at joshforarkansas.com. Y'all heard that. Make sure you reach out to Josh if you have any questions. There's still 
a lot of months left until the primary and the general election. So if you have any questions or want to volunteer for Josh, uh, make sure you reach out. Uh, thank you all for listening, for watching. That was the end of episode 115 of the District 3 podcast. We'll catch you all next week.